Now in our studios is uh, Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming in today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Let's. Uh, you had a school board meeting last night, but uh, before we get into that, I want to ask you about uh, the pandemic, get a COVID-19 update from you and how it's uh, affecting the schools. What's the latest? Yeah, Jeff, so we'll just start with the data. And, uh, you know, currently over the last weeks, I haven't updated the dashboard yet today. There's a few cases that will come off and, and there might be some that go on. Um, right now, over the past 14 days, we've had 37 new cases reported to us uh, in that time period, and uh, we've had 112 total cumulative cases uh, since the beginning of the year. Now, remember, we have roughly 4,400 people on campus every day between our students and our staff, so it's important to put that data into context. Um, also, just you know, want to share one of the big uh, rates that we calculate, even prior to COVID, is something called the influenza-like illness rate. And our influenza-like illness rate, we affectionately call it the ILI rate, uh, has been pretty good uh, across the system. So uh, the last reporting period, we calculate this each week, uh, the 1st through the 5th of November. Um, we saw a low range at Bridgewater uh, Elementary at 0.89% uh, of students home with influenza-like illnesses, uh, illness symptoms over the course of that week. And of course, that would include any kind of COVID symptoms as well. Um, Greenville Park Elementary at 0.94%. Spring Creek had a, a little bit of an increase last week there at 2.21. Um, we had the middle school and the high school just at around middle school a little bit above 1.5, the high school at about 1.35%. So it, just for context, where the state um, actually wants you to shut your building down is when you would hit 5% ILI rate over the course of a week. So um, in terms of we have COVID uh, in our community, we know that. Unfortunately, we saw it. we had seen Rice County's numbers. We had seen dip three weeks in a row. We were all like, "All right, this is great." And then, unfortunately, last uh, last week that number did rebound. It went up by about 50 cases over the the course of that week, from around 115 to 165, something in that range. So, um, hopefully, that was uh, you know an, um, an anomaly, and we'll we'll continue to see some decrease in those cases. But that's where we're at right now. Um, our COVID testing center uh, at the district office that I've shared with you has been going mm -hmm. very well. Uh, we have uh, full appointments nearly every day. We're looking at, at we're going to wait a full two weeks of operation. So after this week, we'll take a look and see um, because we have now run this. Are there any efficiencies that we could have to potentially have some more capacity? We're able to schedule around 15 appointments a day. And uh, for doesn't sound like a lot, but for those 15 people, they may have had to drive to Lakeville or um, to be able to get a rapid uh, molecular or PCR test or might have had to go to Faribault or someplace else if they couldn't get something in the community. So, again, uh, this kind of thing should not be the school district's job, but it's uh, been a barrier for our families, so we are trying to remove it. And finally... Um, we've talked a number of times, Jeff, uh, you know, recently the CDC and the FDA did recommend vaccinations uh, for students ages 5 through 11. And of course, uh, vaccination is a family and personal decision for folks in the community who are have a question as to whether that's the right thing for their family. The, the best person to talk to is your pediatrician. Department of Health, of course, has a tremendous amount of resources. Mayo Clinic, a lot of resources on their websites. Um, but what I just encourage people to do is if you've got questions, there are some people who just can't wait, right? There are other people who understandably might be just a little concerned. And so please talk to your pediatrician to, to find out whether or not that's something that's right for your family. And we will be hosting a vaccination clinic uh, for children that will include children ages 5 through 11. It's going to be at the Northfield Community Education Center. That's the former Greenville Park Elementary. It's going to be on November 18th. Uh, we've shared, we shared information with families and we originally, there were originally 180 appointments. 
those appointments were um, gone in a record amount of time, according to Rice County Public Health. There was so much demand that they have expanded the clinic. It's going to go three. It was planning three thirty to six. It's going to go three thirty to six thirty. I think they're going to have a, they have around two hundred and forty appointments. And the last thing I heard last night was that there were less than a dozen uh, appointments remaining. Uh, there are some similar clinics for families uh, interested in Fairbo. Um, and so you can go to the Rice County Public Health website and you can register. Rice County Public Health is administering the clinic. We're just hosting at the Northfield Community Education Center. And I just want to point out that we are uh, intentionally holding that at the NCEC. It's not at any of our elementary buildings. And it's being held after the school day. So um, this is a piece just to make sure that people have confidence that the vaccination pieces are taking place, uh, you know, family choice, outside of the school day, at a building that is not one of our elementary schools. And so it's available within the community. We uh, certainly can can help folks if they need ways to get there, things like that. We can try to help work through some of those things. Um, but the appointments have been mm-hmm. uh, taken. All right, good. Uh, Superintendent Hillman is with us from Northfield School District. Now let's move into uh, last night's school board meeting. I know you've been working on the strategic plan for a while now. What's the latest on that? So we presented our initial draft of the strategic plan last night to the board, and uh, we've we've really been looking at preparing this for the last six months or so. We've we've had at least fifteen meetings uh, with some staff members, with students, uh, with families, and with advisory groups. I, I've shared with the board last night. Um, this fall with um, our community events, we just didn't have the same kind of participation that we have had over the years when we've done these things before. We Remember, we did a session outside uh, so people wouldn't have to mask. We did a session inside. We did a Zoom session. Um, we have not had the total amount of participation that we've had in the past, but we also have a number of other pieces of data that, we can, that we're using. So the pulse surveys that we used last year, um, other uh, data that we, have, we collect, we're using all of those uh, in terms of drafting the strategic plan. And so uh, it's basically our vision would stay the same, which we know by heart. We will prepare every student for lifelong success within a world-class learning environment with a commitment to community partnerships and sustainability. Then we have five strategic commitments right now. People, we're a people business, right? So people's got to be a strategic commitment. Learner outcomes, we want every learner to succeed both academically and social-emotionally. Um, stewardship, we have to be, be judicious um, with our funding, with our human capital and the time that we have. We really value the partnerships that we can have in our community to help accelerate the achievement of our goals and equity. And when we talk about equity, we're specifically talking about making sure that our decisions focus on that every child, and we mean every child, has a fair opportunity to reach their full potential. There's been a lot of talk about that word equity across the country, and I think it's important to come back to that point that really it's about making sure that every child has a fair chance to pursue the American dream. And so we frame it as that every child has a fair opportunity to reach their full potential. So, Jeff, I'm not going to go through them. I presented 13 initial benchmarks. Mm-hmm. What I do want to share about it is that you're very familiar with the uh, local collective impact organization, Northfield Promise. Mm-hmm. Northfield Promise is a collaboration of 20 different groups within the community, the colleges, the hospital, the school district, the police department, the city, uh, the county the business community, there's, there's uh, the Interfaith Association. It's, it is truly a community-wide collaboration. Northfield Promise adopted 10 benchmarks that evidence, research suggests that if we help students achieve, that they will have that chance to reach their full potential. And so we have been part of that over the years. And so I'm proposing that we adopt uh, the Northfield Promise 10 benchmarks as our own benchmarks and really make sure that we're completely 
in synergy with what the community is doing to make sure that kids can be successful. We do have to add a few more around employee and parent satisfaction, some financial health. There might be something around community um, uh, education. But just so folks know right now, we've got, you know, again, our, our vision, which will remain the same. We're proposing five strategic commitments. And then right now it's 13 benchmarks, 10 of which would be in synchronicity with Northfield Promise. Wow, that's a... Uh, that's a, those are seems like some very uh, worthy goals that you yeah, have. Yeah, they're aspirational, and I yes. think the key thing is that what we wanted this time around, as opposed to having priorities, were benchmarks. What mm-hmm. are what are those um, aspirational pieces or aspirational uh, achievements that we really would like to see in our community? And when we talk about these, we talk about all children. So when we talk about each of the goals, we use the word "all" to start most of those benchmark mm-hmm. statements. And that is aspirational. And then how we report our progress on that is done in a variety of ways. It's through the state of the district presentation. It's through our school improvement plans. It's through our world's best workforce report, which we also talked about last night. And so we will report it in a variety of different ways transparently. So the board from here, Jeff, we're going to have a work session solely on this topic on November 18th. Then on November 22nd, the board is going to have a chance to talk about it again. And then I'm going to ask them to adopt a final uh, version on December 13th at the board meeting there, because then mm-hmm. we will begin to use this as we plan for 22-23. Now, the strategic plan, is this one component of the uh, strategic, uh, strategic plan? Are there other areas as well? This is the strategic plan. Okay, this and is so that. this okay. you know this covers our mm-hmm. most important thing, right, which is our student outcomes and our student achievements. When we say that, we mean about it academically, we mean about it socially and emotionally. We think it's we look at kids as holistic human beings, not just a number on a piece of paper, um, but their outcomes academically, their outcomes socially and emotionally, making sure that they are prepared for lifelong success, as our vision statement says. So again, this is the draft. Uh, the mm-hmm. board may choose to add benchmarks. They may choose to do some other things. They may add um, or subtract a strategic commitment. They'll be working through that as the community's representatives over the next month here. Superintendent Hillman is with us. You had mentioned the world's best workforce. Can you just uh, remind our listeners what that is, what that program yeah. is, and, and where you're at within that. So the world's best workforce is state legislation that requires every school district in the state to report on some key areas. Now, coincidentally, um, the Northfield Promise and, and the proposed benchmarks for uh, our strategic plan, all the, the world's best workforce is very mm-hmm. similar to the academic benchmarks that are in the Northfield Promise um, commitments and what could end up being in our strategic plan. So those, those are things about all children being ready for school, children reading uh, at grade level by the end of third grade, all children being career and college ready, eliminating all of the achievement gaps, uh, and then all students graduating from high school. Those are the five areas that the state requires that we report on. So we held a public hearing last night just prior to the board meeting and then gave a summary at the board meeting. Uh, and our director of instructional services, Hope Langston, uh, provided the report. Um, as people might imagine, uh, it was a tough year uh, in terms of achievement of the world's best workforce goals that we have. We did not meet uh, for the first time ever. We did not meet any of our for the first time in some time. We did not meet any of our goals. I can't say forever. I don't know that for sure. But we know that it was a statewide issue. And so while while we did not achieve the goals that we uh, set for last year. Uh, we had been on a really good pace prior to the pandemic. We know that the pandemic changed a lot of things of how we serve folks and the um, our ability to serve students consistently. But what we know is that uh, those were statewide issues. So I just offer this as an example. Let's take a look at the proficiency rates uh, for the Minnesota Comprehensive Assessment or the MCA tests. 
So while our proficiency in many areas uh, went down compared to 2019, because remember there were no MCAs in 2020, so we're comparing 2021 to 2019, while proficiency rates across our district went down in most areas, not all, um, in fifth grade, our fifth graders increased in each of the three assessments that they take, reading, math, and science. They improved over the previous cohort's um, proficiency rates. High school uh, increased its proficiency rate in both reading and science, but we did not increase our proficiency rates in any of the other areas. However, when you compare us to the rest of the state, I'm going to give you an example. So in, um, let's take a look at um, sixth grade reading. We were at about 71, well, we were at 71.6% proficiency, not where we want to be, Right. But that percentage proficiency was better than 92% of Minnesota middle schools in sixth grade. Mm. And that is repeated throughout all of the different assessments, um, most of the different assessments. And so the key thing is while we didn't achieve our goals in world's best workforce, when we look, we know it was a statewide issue and Northfield continued to outperform our peers, the vast majority of our peers across the state. I simply give that for context. Now, when we don't meet our goals... Uh, we don't whine. We don't complain. Of course, we're disappointed, right? People work hard. People worked harder than they ever have worked last year to try to meet student needs. We know it was a global health emergency. And so um, we understand that we didn't meet our goals. But when we don't meet our goals, we don't whine. We don't complain. We are disappointed, of course. But then we say, what's next? And we are motivated to improve for uh, the next time. So we've readjusted our goals going forward with those world best workforce goals for next year. Um, similar uh, pieces that we're looking at again, and we're going to move forward. And uh, we'll, again, if we adopt the strategic plan, these would be similar goals to our strategic plan benchmarks. Now, do you feel, <clears throat> pardon me, the uh, the students in general, those numbers went down. Are they, when they, but most of them were promoted to the next grade anyway, because they were they have passing grades and such. Are, are they behind where, uh, you know, they, the normal children of their age would have been in the past? You know, are, are fifth graders up to fifth grade speed? Uh, are eighth graders up to eighth grade speed? Uh, is there a lot of catch up to do? So there are some gaps, right? We've seen some gaps, you know, specifically in some of the... Uh, early reading skills, right? So if you think about a third grader who's a third grader this year, you know, the last time that they had a full year of school that was what we would, most of us would consider to be a, a regular year would have mm -hmm. been in kindergarten. So where we're seeing some specific gaps are in some of that real early reading pieces, which we are working very hard to catch up. We're using a lot of, shouldn't say catch up, to address those specific issues. What we've seen is there are students who continue their trajectory. They are doing as well, if not better, right, than they did before. We're also seeing more and more students who are struggling. So that middle is has shrunk. So we're specifically and targeting those students who have those gaps in their learning with reading through a variety of different pieces, including our partnerships with the AmeriCorps Reading Course Program, including using some strategies with flexible grouping uh, at a couple of our elementary schools in third grade. So for example, typically in third grade at Spring Creek Elementary, you have five classes of third grade. When we teach reading uh, for part of their literacy block, they are breaking those students into eight groups so they can provide more targeted instruction at different levels. That's just one example. Mm -hmm. We've also seen some mathematics uh, gaps, and we are working to provide some additional resources uh, for families to have at home that when we've it's something called a set, and we've used these, we had actually had a little bit of a grant, internal grant program funded by Northfield Promise to try things to eliminate the gaps, uh, the, the achievement mm -hmm. gaps, and 
this is one of the strategies that we had 100% of the students in this uh, uh, prototype class who ended up being able to get to proficiency. So we are measuring what matters. We are trying to find what works, and we're cross-pollinating that. So those are just some of the things that we are working on to uh, eliminate those, those different okay. pieces of gaps. I do want to share, though, Jeff, as I see you looking at the clock, yep. the final piece is that we have to be careful about looking solely at the things that we perceive to be lost. There were skills that students learned over the last 18 months that will be very important for them as they head into the future. So we can really look at this as a perceived loss, all of the things that we perceive to have lost during this time. But there are also things that students have gained in terms of remote work and remote collaboration and other kinds of things that are going to carry them very well into the future. It's it's unfortunate and it's terrible that it took a global health emergency for some of those skills to be developed. But I think we need to also look at what are those new skills that students uh, developed that they may not have otherwise. And so that's just a part of what I think we need to do is take a look at, of course, acknowledge what we have uh, where we need to work on, but also look at what we have gained that maybe we wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Superintendent Hillman, we're out of time, but thank you so much for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. We'll see you again in two weeks. It's my pleasure, Joe. Thanks. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. You're listening to 95.1 FM.